0: Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender, are engaging in a conversation about 1 Corinthians chapter three and four under the theme: "We are all for one church." What does it mean to be the church and to be part of the church? Uh, what do we experience? What do we contribute? What do we uh, receive? What do we give? Well, all of these things and and even so much more are discussed in this conversation. It's wide-ranging, theologically deep, uh, but we think that you will benefit greatly from it. So we really hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, Kevin. Hey there, Aaron. It's good to see you today, buddy. Yeah, good to see you as well. Yeah, it's another day for us to... Conversate about God's Word. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this uh, weekend you continued our theme here, right? One for all and all for one. We've uh, done all for one, oh man, name. All for one name, i got to remember. And then all <laughs> for one spirit. And uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 4, yeah. this last weekend, all for one church.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think... At least as i'm as I was reading through first Corinthians, it really feels like kind of in those first two chapters, he's really setting a theological framework, I think, for you know for what it what it means to be Christians, who it is that we believe in, you mm-hmm. know um, this spirit's influence in our lives, all pointing us to Jesus. and I, I think it feels like here in chapter three, he's really kind of starting to get to. I don't know, the big issue that the that the church is dealing with um this this um division in the city of Corinth mm. uh and there were there were lots of different divisions in Corinth uh i think i think I've, I've i've heard you know from the educated class and the uneducated class the rich and the poor the jew and the gentile uh lots of lots of these different factions that are that are existing in the community and and uh, infiltrating into the church as well and so Paul's, Paul's got to deal with that. Paul's got to deal with that. And so, yeah, so here in 1 Corinthians 3 and 4, um, I mean, I, 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 I followed what, what I saw was Paul's framework, these different images that, that showed up to me in my, in my reading of, of the scripture from hmm. uh, Paul, Paul talking to them about, about spiritual food right and so there's this there's this image of him first talking to them that 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 they were not being mature christian spiritual people that's the term he used in uh 1 Corinthians 2 right he said uh, spiritual people spiritual people spiritual people and those are i think that's his term kind of for these mature christian people and then he addresses them in chapter 3 basically saying but you you're not acting like spiritual people you're acting like People of the flesh.
1: Yeah, and I think that's even right there, probably worth noting, as people hear this and read this. Like Paul's not trying to say that there's some sort of difference. He's not. He's not saying when he uses the word flesh. Yeah. He's not saying like, all right, you guys are just physical people living in your bodies on this earth, and really, what you should be doing is focusing on your soul. You know, uh, meditating inwardly and kind of elevating yourself to a higher plane of existence
0: uh, right like that's not his point no 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 and it's actually the opposite it's the opposite point or maybe not opposite but it's definitely not what he's saying the the greek word for flesh uh, i mean it's the word sarx and paul just uses that word really as um kind of, as as an image for uh sinfulness where where sin is mm-hmm. and so um, but he he kind of goes back and forth between uh, all, then reframing it and, and also talking about the flesh is, is being redeemed um, by Jesus as well. So, uh, I mean, the same, the same kind of thing happens with the word world in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the writers, especially in the New Testament, talk about the, the word world being a place of sin, but also this place that's being that is redeemed, and that Jesus Christ came to reconcile the world and to save the world. So yeah. it's kind of these, we, we get a little, yeah, the, the terminology is used both ways in the scripture. So we need to can get kinda, a little confused. Yeah, pay attention to the context.
1: Well, and I think even later in the same chapter, right? Chapter three, Paul's gonna, I mean, he's gonna elevate pretty significantly
0: our bodies. Yeah. I, know, I jumped up far ahead too quick here, but. No, go ahead. I mean, I, in my sermon, I there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to say. I actually had written um, maybe two more pages of stuff, and so this is one of the one of the sermon writing challenges that afflict us. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's so much oftentimes uh, that you can say. Mm-hmm. The the hard problem of the the preaching task sometimes is being like, well, what should I say? Yeah, you how know? do I how do I focus <laughs> this in? Yeah. Narrow that down. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a a big part of stuff that I wanted to talk about that i that i didn 't even touch in the sermon was this reality that that this uh, where Paul talks about our bodies being a temple mm. you know this this new temple and I believe that 's in first Corinthians three right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, don't you yeah don 't you know that god 's spirit dwells in you uh, so this is a That's a huge change. so I had a a bit of stuff in my sermon about this this reframing, but that's a big statement when Paul is writing, especially to Jewish people, right? Uh, Because the Jews throughout the Old Testament, when they hear that word temple, they're thinking of the temple in Jerusalem, which was the place in the Old Testament that God promised to show up, where they could meet and experience God uh, physically really uh, and so when Paul comes along and but but Paul is using the words of Jesus because Jesus also first does this kind of reframing. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but when Paul is saying that 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 you are God's temple. You as individuals and now you as the Christian church are the temple of God. That's a big reframing this this fact that Christ lives in us and dwells in us and not just in this one building in Jerusalem. Right. Wow, that's a big deal. But that has huge implications for the way that we treat our bodies, the way that we view our bodies, the way that we utilize these bodies in this world to be a representation of Jesus to the world. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. So our bodies aren't just like cages. <laughs> For our souls that are,
1: yeah. you know, housing them in, in a negative way, yeah. God actually wants a created world, a physical world, Yeah. Uh, created that way. There's uh, his kind of his his good qualities are almost. I mean, would you say like implanted in his creation? I mean, you can't really remove his creation from him. Right?
0: No, no, absolutely, his not. his divine imprint. Yeah, and so, um, I mean, even even we look at, I don't know if this is too far off offbeat, but. In the creation account, God created uh, in the image of God. He created Adam and Eve in the image of God. Uh, the fall into sin really messes up that image. Like, mm. we're, we we're kind of fall away from that image of God. But Christ restores that image of God in us. So mm. if, we, if we think about that, that our bodies are a dwelling place of God, that's him. Kind of rewriting his image into our lives, right? The fact that mm-hmm. Christ dwells in us, His righteousness uh, covers us. It's it's basically that that He's putting that image of God back on us, and so that's. I mean, those are those are huge concepts that I mean we're only kind of going to scratch the surface of today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, again, <laughs> this might be taking it another <laughs> length uh, away from our original topic. We can come back to that, but that just. I think it's helpful to to bring in that that changes how we view heaven. Right? Absolutely. Um God's eternal plan, right, is to is to reorder what was disordered in the fall, yeah. right? It's to uh to reimage us. Yeah. with with this image that was disfigured in mm-hmm. the fall. And so if that's already happening now, Yep. Because Christ is in me now. Yep. Paul's saying, hey, guys, uh, God is in you. Your, your body's a temple right. of the Holy Spirit. This is happening already now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not something that we wait for until we die to experience. No. And anyone, I mean, I think, I think when you talk to Christians who, you know, like, gosh, I don't know, have, have seen God work in their
0: lives, have mm-hmm. seen God uh, change and shape their
1: relationships, well, I think they get that sense.
0: Yeah, well, I just, just the other day I spoke um, to a woman from uh, our church who just got a, a, a tough cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure how, how it's going to play out. Um, they, there's no timeline on her life per se right now um, because of that diagnosis, but really kind of considering these, these issues of life and death and eternity. And so we actually had this very conversation mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually reminded her that that eternal life is hers even now. Mm. Right? So because uh, you know, and she even admitted this and we talked about it that a lot of people think we, we have this idea in our minds that eternal life starts at a different time. Like, like a lot of people think that like death is the, then the start of eternal life mm-hmm. or something like that. When in actuality, your eternal life started when you're created and and maybe even from a Christian standpoint when you're baptized. Yeah. Right. So when you're baptized, I mean, Paul says in Romans chapter six that we're united with Christ in his death. And if we've been united with him in his death, we've then also been united with him in his resurrection. Mm-hmm. So if we have that new life in Christ through our baptism, then is is Christ living eternal life right now? Yeah. So if we have, if we're united with Him in His resurrection, that means we're united with Him in His resurrection now already. Yeah. So death is just sort of a momentary blip on the radar of mm-hmm. eternal life. So, and all of all of that is important because we bring that. All of that comes back to this reality of our bodies. Now, right. right, being this this temple of of God,
1: yeah, it's something that matters totally for now. eternity.
0: <laughs> for eternity, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that may be a, that may be a bit off the off the path of where we're going and talking about the church, but it maybe not though either mm. because what is the church here on earth? Mm. It, it's the it's the communion of saints, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which also, the church here on earth in that communion also has fellowship with the saints who are already yeah. you know, in heaven with Jesus. Yeah. And so we commune and fellowship actually together. Sure. And so that's... We're, that's we're all it.
1: united by the same guy. Yeah. those who have got, who, Those who have passed on in Christ... We're in Christ. Right. They are in Christ. And we'll be
0: in Christ for eternity. With them. <laughs> right. So it's like yeah. resurrection and and even death itself aren't all that far removed from life even now. Like, mm. I don't know. We just, I think, I think the problem in our American worldview is we think maybe like in a linear fashion. Like we think like everything's always just progressing in one direction Yeah. when I think in actuality, the the whole idea of redemption and resurrection is almost like, it's almost like a full circle kind of thing, you know, going back to what God Mm. created perfect in the beginning, you know? Um, So because we, we just think, well, I was, I was born, I live, then I, then I die, then I go to heaven and then, there's this abstract thing that they talk about, this resurrection thing when Jesus comes back, but I don't really understand what that is. But Right, figured um, out when I get there. Yeah, but it's it's really all kind of one thing. So resurrection is kind of putting back together Mm. what's been broken from the very beginning, you know, and that restoration. So in the church, we actually experience in many ways heaven coming to meet earth just as we pray in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, in heaven, like we we actually desire that this place where we live now look like the place where God is, where things mm-hmm. are perfect. And that's what we, we wanna live for, that's what we want to strive for. And this is kind of getting us back I mean, this is all present, I, I mm-hmm. believe, in Paul what Paul is saying here. And he'll get there again in the end when we get to first Corinthians oh, fifteen, right? Again yep. we'll which is all the resurrection stuff, right? right.
1: This is yeah. why I love that 80s song, man. Uh, I don't really know what it's called, and I'm hesitant to sing it, but, you know, it's like... They say in heaven, love comes first. Uh-huh. We'll make heaven a place on earth. Oh, those are the lyrics? It's something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that too. Yeah, I don't think they're talking about this theological concept in uh, that song, just for clarity's okay. sake. Yeah. Uh, but really, that song does actually make a lot of sense. Uh-huh. That... Uh, heaven is a place on earth, or it's at least something we can experience on earth. Yeah, um, in Christ, right? United to Christ, we're united to those already uh, uh, with Christ,
0: yeah.
1: uh, resting with Him.
0: Uh, well, I, I mean, this is this is huge for us to know, for because we, we oftentimes think of heaven as a place. Mm. Um, when the scriptures seem to speak of it more as the, the, where where God is. So yeah. where God is, is heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the dwelling place of God. Mm. Um, so these, these are even in Jesus' words, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus says things like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. He's actually, he's not talking about a, some place that you go when you die. He's saying, yeah. when I am with you, when I'm present with you, mm. uh, this is what things look like, yeah. right? So um, when when I'm, present with you when when heaven mm-hmm. is with you um this is this is what things you're like this like. So,
1: you're like this thing in a field that a guy gave up all he had sold all his
0: possessions yeah, to buy right yeah you're like this this mustard seed that doesn't look like much but grows into this magnificent tree mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. um yeah I, I mean again when when, when all of these things are in the back of my mind when wanting to preach this this sermon about being the church yeah. um, and that, that we are this, this one church mm-hmm. uh, collective. Um, I obviously just decided to take some of the textual images that Paul used, this idea of um, food and a field and a foundation and a family, which mm-hmm. I think are all also very practical images that we understand um, mm-hmm. that... Any one of those four, I could have, I probably could have preached multiple sermons on any yeah. one of those things. Um, but when it comes to the the whole idea of spiritual food, like from um, from from milk when you're uh, an infant to rich food as a as a mature adult, you know um, that that Paul moves in this progression. From I just had a conversation with a guy today that I've been working with, and he's been getting more and more into regular scripture reading uh, and he was asking me or he was even telling me he kind of grew up in the church and even had a Christian education but he was living life really just content um, drinking milk you know? uh, he heard this he heard the sermon yesterday yeah. but that was his how he resonated with it he goes I've just been totally content kind of just with the with the basics but he's really been trying to get into the scriptures now and let God speak to him mm. uh, in a different way which is it's cool to see that kind of uh, maturing
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean I think the is cool too, or the the analogy there with food because like milk. Yeah, I mean it'll keep you alive, right? Yeah. And so yeah, salvation, right? Yeah, it's there, right? I think you even said it in the sermon, right? Jesus' death, his resurrection, you know, for us. Boom, there you go. Right. Like it's that condensed, condensed milk. Uh, But (laughs) but like a feast. You know, like and this has been my discovery with scripture and with kind of god's presence and activity there's a lot of like kind of enjoyment and pleasure in that you mm-hmm. know like i don't want to just have milk i want to i want to like try all this stuff yeah you know i think we all and the pastors included you know like we understand so little you know about right. how much god is up to uh-huh. and involved in in working but when you like when you get glimpses of that, when mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing that's like really feels like life. Yeah. You know, when you have these moments where you're just like, this couldn't have been
0: like, like I sensed God in yeah. this, you know? Um, well, I, I mean, we, sometimes we say, even that like the, the Lord's supper, even consuming the Lord's supper together as the church is like a foretaste of the feast to come. Yeah. You know? And I have this, I I have all these memories of like Thanksgiving gatherings as a family, and uh, where where like as as kids and my cousins and stuff all playing together and mom and grandmas and aunts or whatever cooking in the kitchen and maybe you go running through the kitchen and um, and grandma's like hey taste a piece you know you wanna you wanna just take a little sample of this and you're like oh can I have more and they're like no no just just wait you'll get the you'll get the rest and you're like but um, even that sample it, like. It's it's the real thing. Right. It's the real thing. Right. It's just not all of the the real thing, you yeah. know? And so then you get to that. So finally you get to the, the Thanksgiving feast, you know, and we can make the connection that, you know, even that doesn't even compare with the feast that, mm-hmm. that awaits us in all of eternity, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But that foretaste of the feast to come, it's that, that eating and drinking of the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins yeah. which is what we will have mm. for all of eternity yeah in perpetuity right yeah. that will be with Jesus literally just perfect and, and glorified like
1: i mean yeah yeah so again that whole idea of uh, i mean it's coming back to what we said earlier of that resurrection reality it's now yeah heaven now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a foretaste, yeah. but it's a reality, yeah, and you can yeah you get a taste of it yeah,
0: cool.
1: yeah i uh, I want to come back to like something you mentioned earlier Aaron, was was kind of this idea of a challenge maybe for the way we think about church okay. and uh, I'm just gonna get real specific to myself even yeah. like as a kid, I viewed church from a very narrow you know like my own experience, right. So, in linear, like you were saying, you know, this linear, linear idea of being in the church, where it's kind of just ah, me, and then I die, and we'll see what happens after that. Um, but so, like as a kid, not only was it that linear uh, thing that was, I guess, reducing my idea of what the church is, but also I didn't think about, um, you know, churches elsewhere around the world. Ugh. This kind of, like, what? How big is this idea of church? You know, I always thought when I heard the word church. I pictured St. John's Lutheran Church there on thirty-three forty State Street, which I had memorized because that's where I lived. I was my like, dad was the pastor. <laughs> you know, we were in the parsonage. <laughs> so, but like, I pictured that building, and my idea of church was that's why I go to that building. Yeah, there's church. Yep. You know, this word church happens. Yeah. Uh, go to church, uh, but but really, this idea of church is. Not really that. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, we brought up the temple earlier. Mm-hmm. So in, in, there was a time when God's presence um, and the place you worshiped Him and the place you experienced Him yep. um, was pretty much like, hey, go to this place, the right. temple. Right. And I think even in Daniel, right, wasn't he praying towards the temple? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, we, we studied that earlier this, this year. And um, so the temple was like the primary place. But then Jesus comes along and he's like, destroy this temple yeah I'll raise it up in three days, yeah and they're like, wow,
0: it took us forty six years to yeah. rebuild this <laughs> or, you know, after the exile yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah so uh so Jesus is kind of like he's really I me mean, saying something different there he's mm-hmm. he's already starting this reconfiguration idea of what does it even mean to be the church mm-hmm. you know what is what is the church yeah um Later, I guess in in Matthew 16, I think, right? He's going to say to Peter, you know, uh, after Peter makes his confession of Christ, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah or somebody, Uh, uh, you know, for these things were revealed to you by God. And, you know, on you I'm going to build my, and then he uses that word, church, church. Church. But uh, the word he's using in Greek is Hmm. ecclesia. That just means a gathering of people, a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me that, like in the Old Testament, it really was this like structural idea: location. Mm-hmm. This is God's presence, the temple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jesus is using like a word that's very clearly like this is about people. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and so
1: how did I get to the place as a kid where I'm thinking it's just the building? <laughs>
0: yeah. <You know>? <laughs> I, and I wonder if in this in this uh, this COVID season, this time of like a lot of a lot of churches being apart from their building. Mm-hmm. If that's mm. forcing them to reconsider you know what it means to be the church mm. um, now i'm not I'm not down on churches having a building i think I think it's good to have a place that's set apart for the gathering of God's people mm, um, mm-hmm. what I guess what i'm what I'm saying is um again i just i just had a conversation with somebody who was saying that they they've been doing online church kind of throughout the covid thing and saying that like it's been good for a lot of for a lot of reasons um but they uh they, they went back they went back to to their church um for for a service and just realized well no there's more to this christian thing than just me learning more about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually a gathering of people mm-hmm. confessing a common faith with one another, um, building one another up, encouraging, supporting one another. And, and I think that it's really important for us to remember um, because, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say things like, well, I, can't I be a Christian and not be part of a church? Or can I be a Christian and not be part of a church? Or can I be a Christian and not go to worship services with this with this people? Can't I do that in nature on my own? You know? Mm-hmm. And the the short answer is Jesus can work in your life and he will work in your life however and whenever and wherever you are. Mm. That is true, but that is not the fullest extent of what God has given you the opportunity to uh, participate in here on earth mm. that this gathering of of people where you not only consume and receive but you also but you also give to other people and your your presence um, is is important in other people's lives and so it's that mutuality that exists uh in the church but Unfortunately, I think in the American religious landscape we have a very like, uh, indiv- what would be the word, individuated Can you say that? Uh, yeah. Individualistic right. um, understanding of religion and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even within the church, you know, like I might be sitting next to somebody, even in the same even in the same row at church, but mm-hmm. their faith is their faith and mine is is mine. We're just. We're kind of all here in the same space at the same time, but but we're probably not going to talk about it. Like we're doing it independent of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe at, kind of at the same time.
1: Well, and I like actually in your sermon you kind of acknowledge that you said Paul when he's saying you are God's field. Yeah. That you is not saying like you individually. Yeah. You one reader reading this letter right now, yeah. but all of you. Yeah. In this church at Corinth. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, Paul's going to talk that way a lot, right, in, in his letters about the unity, you know, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, and every part of the body matters, yeah. and parts are indispensable even, yeah. you know. might be a toenail, but you're still <laughs> Yeah, part. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, it, I mean, experientially for me, like when it comes to that community aspect of the church, I mean, I just find that in my life, it is other people who... I mean, there's other people who challenge me. Mm-hmm. Like I would not, <laughs> I, um, I would not become a better person, really. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would become more fashioned in the image of God, in the image of Christ, without someone else kind of taking the chisel to me and yeah. saying, "Hey, bud, like you're saying you're following Jesus, but I noticed this about your life. Yeah. Like, what's what's going on there? You yeah. know?" And I was like, "Ah, crud! You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't want to own up to it, but." You're right, and so there's a challenge piece, but then also, like you said, encouragement piece, yeah. like some people who are just inspiring to me, yeah. you know, you see them the way they act, the way they treat others, the way they lead, but if that person wasn't physically there
0: doing those things,
1: uh-huh. the inspiration would be gone because right. they
0: wouldn't even know who they were right yeah right right yeah and and so the, the and the thing that's different about the church than other like Gatherings or social groups mm-hmm. is that um, that that is Jesus' presence. You know, mm-hmm. we're not just gathered under some kind of common interest or you know shared experience or whatever. We we come I, from a diverse and eclectic. Uh, worldview and, and this is what paul's dealing with in corinth right rich and poor and jew and gentile and male and female and slave and free and educated uneducated just boom you are the church mm. you are the field you know and from a worldly perspective that that divides and classifies people and man we, we if, if you don't see this happening in our own society it's, it happens all over the place mm. right the, the 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 divisions and the judgments and the classifications and people and the kind of putting people in boxes and all that kind of stuff like th- that's that's what Jesus is un- undoing all of that every every one of these people have a seat at the table mm. you know at, at the feast an equal table I mean Jesus Jesus models this in his ministry right the the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I mean, Paul says that, you know, that, that that God chose the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this, it's basically whatever the world is doing and in, in the way that it treats people yeah. is likely not the way that Jesus does it. He's probably going to do it in a different, in a different kind of way. And so mm-hmm. that's, so when he says that, then that we are the temple of God, we need to consider that, that. That, that yes collectively we, we are the church but also as individuals when we go into the world mm. we are the representation of Jesus to the world in all of these places mm. so we have to consider our speech, our conduct, the way that we the way that we model you know what we're doing and how we're doing and how we're treating people. Yeah. Um, not, to, not, not to merit any favor with God but that uh that that others as jesus says would see our good deeds and give glory to our father who is in heaven right so i mean it's just it's huge there are huge implications to all of this stuff
1: yeah well and that's i think that that really hits on the last image that you had in your sermon and and the picture like resonates with me too the little the father holding Mm -hmm. up his, his little child and um probably because I have like a two and a half year old at home, and it's yeah. great to get home, and she'd be so excited to see you and there's that love there but but it's uh, again it's again uh, this modeling idea mm-hmm. you're saying like you are the temple you're god's representative um, well paul's you know he's kind of come alongside the Corinthian church and yeah. saying you know i 'm your example too yeah you know uh, you you have a lot of guides in Christ, but not many fathers, yeah and let me be a father to you, and I mean it's amazing the the impact that fathers have in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, um, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that relationship is extremely uh, impactful in how we're formed, mm-hmm. who we turn out to be, right? Mm-hmm. What our, what our parents model for us as kids, for better or worse, that's what we do when we yeah. get older, you know. Yeah. And um, and and so uh, there's kind of this for us as Christians, you know, whether you're on the spiritual milk or you're you're eating the, the, the rich food. Uh, at some point, I think kind of the picture is, you know, you're going to help the the next little guy who comes along to eat. Right. Right. Like uh, we 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 model for each other. Even not only the world as as God's representatives as His temple, but but then even for each other, we want to actually not be independent of each other mm-hmm. in our faith walk, but do it together. Mm-hmm. Come alongside each other and. How can we grow together in this, right. you know, in this faith and right. and, and kind of I don't know, follow each other? And, and the only way we can model well is to see it modeled for us, right? And I think that's what Paul's doing for the church.
0: Yeah, and and again, like if if we read that in context when he says, "Be imitators of me," that's uh, four six uh, chapter four verse sixteen. Before that, just a couple of verses. He talks all about the. Oh, I should just I should just read it. Um, but how difficult it's been to be an apostle mm. of Jesus. Uh, let, me, let me just find it real quick. Scum of the earth. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, here's here starting at verse, verse 10 We're fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. Uh, to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We're poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. We labor, working with our hands when reviled we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we entreat, we have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Mm-hmm. And then he says, be imitators of me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so an arrogant person, um, I don't, would not be saying, you know, uh, an arrogant, I'm sorry. An arrogant person would say, "Look at all of the good that I have done. Don't you want to be like me? Right. You know, do all this stuff." But Paul, Paul's saying, "Look, the way of the cross, mm. the way of Christ. It's not, it doesn't have a lot of earthly glory to it. Mm. I mean, what what Paul is saying are are many of the same things that Christ endured. I mean, he was despised or rejected by men, a man of sorrows, right? Yeah. Um. And so, so when we follow Christ." Uh, oftentimes the the world won't like the way that we look, you know yeah um but we we should be able to see in one another that that is the way of the way of Christ, right. and so I guess like that's how you can know, i guess in a way whether or not it's okay to model somebody mm, you know i I think that's sort of the litmus test, like if somebody's saying hey I've got it all together look at me follow me you know do what I do um and you'll you'll have a great life too you know i don't I don't know but if somebody's willing to acknowledge yeah this is I don't know i mean I, I don't know that I have it all together actually i I don't this has been this has been a tough ordeal um, but I'm following after Jesus and i and I know other people that I'm following that are modeling Christ to me if you want to follow me and model me like I'm going to do my best to show you Jesus. If they're leading with humility like that, I think you can know that it's a trustworthy person to 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 model your life after. Mm-hmm. Does that make
1: sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, those are two things that are very hard to hold together, right? I mean, in the first half of this episode, we were talking kind of about this idea of heaven on earth, right? right? And kind of the the beauty uh, and the I don't know the good thing it is to yeah. know Christ now, <laughs> but then. It's Also, not such a good thing uh, to know Jesus and want to follow him. I mean, from a worldly view, um, but I guess it's good to hold attention,
0: eh? Yeah, but but I mean, we could go to lots of places where Paul is setting this up kind of to say, I'm modeling to you Christ, you can you can imitate me, right? Um, but in, in other places, like uh. Uh, philippians 4 you know he says I, i've learned in all things to be content i can do all things through him who gives me strength yeah. right because at the end of the day yeah this might be the case but it's the way of christ so christ is with me and, mm-hmm. yeah i mean heaven heaven is, is here i got eternal life god's gonna make things all right in the end yeah the world mm-hmm. might reject me but so what You know, so that actually is kind of a, that is a beautiful strength, you know, that the world can't give. So, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a tension for sure, but um, Mm -hmm. we got to keep it all in context. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that following Jesus is going to be miserable (laughs) It does not. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Man, so church.
0: Yeah, obviously... Lots of places to go. Lots of places we, we can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you at home, hopefully you stuck with us, and uh, we're, we're paying attention to this. We went in lots of different directions today, uh, and and a lot of things to consider. Maybe some stuff you haven't haven't heard before. So, you know, if you got questions, reach out to us. If you wanna if you wanna hear more about any of these particulars, uh, reach out to us, and we'd love to uh, share those things with you. Uh, but for now. Uh, we're we're gonna send you on your way, and we're gonna we're gonna depart in peace as well. So, as always, Kevin, it was good to be with you, buddy. You too, brother. All right.